off my lawn. But first, subscribe to the channel. Make sure you hit that notification button so that we get to annoy you every time we upload a video. That's podcast is now available wherever you listen to podcasts or on YouTube at the Old Cranky Man Collectibles YouTube channel. Magic Dads is brought to you by Old Cranky Man Collectibles and all of our generous patrons over at patreon.com forward slash MTG Dads podcast. Go check it out for exclusive content and so much more. Hey everybody, welcome to the Magic Dads Podcast. I'm your host Blake and I'm here with Stefan. Hey everybody, how you doing? <laughs> oh man, been a, been a weekend man, how you doing? We, we have had a very long weekend, but it has been also very, very rewarding. I don't think yeah. that I would trade this time in my life for anything. <laughs> yeah, I, it's sort of been a, a build up for us in a lot of ways and represents... A level of a culmination of a lot of hard work. Yeah, a lot of hard work. Yeah, and so if we sound a little raspy or a little tired in this video, <laughs> uh, the reason is sort of, you know, we, we had a big event this weekend that we got to do, and... Uh, uh, yep, we were both in... Yeah, that, we, were both, we were both in the coverage booth for the uh, old Cranky Man Team Trios Yep. on Saturday. Uh, the VODs for those will be up on YouTube sometime this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, very excited to see those too. Yep, and like, then uh, we did a little Canadian Highlander stream this afternoon. So full weekend of magic. <laughs> no you know, breaks. When you know, when I was younger, uh, I was always like, I I could do nothing but do magic all the time. That's no problem. Mm -hmm. And uh, well, here I am. Yeah. And do you regret <laughs> that or? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. <laughs> Wouldn't change it for anything. No, absolutely not. Actually, actually living the dream. <laughs> Oh my gosh! The little the the my my inner child has reached has reached the zenith. We're healing. <laughs> <laughs> the world is healing, Blake. We've returned to cardboard. <laughs> Speaking of cardboard, it's oh, Monday, yeah. and that it means is. we're going to talk about Canadian Highlander. Dadlander, baby. So, um, you recall last week we started a series uh, where we are going to talk about all of the seven point cards. Yes. Last week we talked about Ancestral Recall. Right. Tell me what seven point card we are going to talk about today. We definitely alluded to this at the end of that video. We we came to we came to a consensus. This is one of my favorite cards. And like I know it's sort of corny to say that, but Black Lotus is like the Christopher Rush art. The original like printing of it is so iconic and it's so powerful. And whenever whenever I tell people that I play magic and they talk about the collections and like how much cards are worth. Um, the, the invariable question is what is the most valuable card and what is the most powerful card? And I get to say the same answer to both of those questions, which is, I don't know that there's much of a, much of a dissenting opinion in this matter. The black Lotus is unequivocally one of the most powerful and one of the most monetarily valuable cards ever printed in Magic the Gathering. Um, it, it is a zero mana artifact um, that you can tap and sacrifice to add three mana of any color to your mana pool. That's it. That's the text of the card. 
Um, so why is this so powerful, Blake? Because it's three lands at once. Right. But you only get to use it once. Isn't that's, that that's no, sort that, of bad, right? That doesn't matter. If you get to just <laughs> this is why Summer Bloom is banned in modern, okay? Mm-hmm. Summer Bloom <laughs> uh represented a a black lotus. Uh, a turn a turn where you get to explode out mana. Yeah, and with uh, um, and with an amulet of vigor and a Karoo land, it represented two black lotuses. Right. <laughs> we we actually saw a modern deck that is sort of like the the progenitor or not the progenitor, but like the the evolution of the original Summer Bloom deck that still performs without that card. Yeah, it does. Um <laughs> and so we're sort of talking about um in comparison where Ancestral Recall is a card that gives you additional cards, like potential, potential outcome, yep. with no additional resources to spend that. Black Lotus is sort of the inverse of that, where it is so much from a raw resource perspective without anything to spend it on. Um, there's on there's plenty that I could spend it on. Exactly. You don't need a lot to spend it on. Um it's, so what it is like the quintessential critical mass thing, right? You hear oh, us talk yeah. about critical mass sometimes. Mm-hmm. Decks that want to reach achieve and e- explosiveness, critical mass. Mm-hmm. So Black Lotus is the tantamount card that allows you to do that. It is Agreed. zero mana, it costs you exactly one card, and you go from having uh one mana to having four mana on the same turn. Right. And we we, we've talked about how we believe sort of that Moxon, the triple Mox spread is kind of the, the current best, yeah. like, you know, without comparison, best point spread in the format right now. Um, in, a, Black, in a three color deck specifically. In a three color deck, I think. Yeah. Yeah, triple Mox is where you want to yeah. be. In, in um, Black Lotus represents a much more explosive burst of mana than yep. even that. Yep. Um, which is fantastic. Yep. So... What, what deck? Yeah, what decks are what decks are playing Black Lotus right now? Um, it's it's actually super limited, and that's sort of what's unfortunate to me is the decks that play Black Lotus right now, oftentimes play them as part of a um, an engine, or as part of a, a loop win con. Yep. Um, two of those are eggs which Wheeler sort of made, I think that was his baby. It's a, it is Eggs his baby, Wheeler. yeah. Um, and Eggs uses ways to loop artifacts from your graveyard back into play. Um, or Oriox Salvagers is sort of like the quintessential one. That that win is called the Bomberman win because Oriox Salvagers allows you to pull out artifacts from your graveyard into play for two mana. Yep. And it, just, it, can produce it, make, it makes infinite mana with Black Lotus. Right. And then... On top of that, uh, can can spend that resource by looping other things out of the graveyard. Yep. And this is one of the best decks to play Lotus in, just because it represents uh, such. It, it has so many ways of finding Black Lotus and so yep. many ways of abusing 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 it. Yep. Yeah. The other deck that plays it is Storm, um, and a lot of these Storm lists uh, have utilized traditionally. If they don't want to spend money or not money, spend points that too, though, on a black Lotus, (laughs) they will put in a lion's eye diamond. Yep. Which has the obvious downside of requiring you to pitch your hand and people still play that card. So those like those like full stop 
uh, balls to the wall storm decks are playing yes. Black Lotus and Underworld Breach right now. Correct. Um, some of them have been dipping into instead of Underworld Breach, they've been doing Lotus Yogg's Will, and then they get two extra points to play with. Um, I don't know that that's the correct build. I I still think Breach is probably the best way to play it. Yeah, Underworld Breach is insane. That's that's sort of a bonkers card, and the pair of the two are right. so good. Yeah. Um, and it, it sort of has the it play it does an impression of Oriox Alvergers in that way. Um, but you except it, it lets you play anything from your graveyard. Correct. <laughs> the, the engine is much more powerful and requires much less uh, deck building restrictions or setup. Um, and so it, it's just like a, a storm wind that requires much less setup, requires much less investment in terms of deck building restrictions, and still gets the payoff of killing your opponent quickly and efficiently. Yeah. Um, is anything else playing Black Lotus right now? Like. <sighs> This is the Black Lotus deck. Eggs and Storm are really all that I can think of. That's the only two that really come to my mind, unfortunately. Okay, so what decks are not playing Black Lotus, but probably should be? Okay, so I want to talk about, very briefly, Mana Crypt. It it is a five-point card that can kill you. Yes. It is a five-point card that... I believe in a lot of situations where people are playing that card in their deck, they'd be better sacrificing two points from another place and just going in on Lotus. Um, It's much less risky. It's much less all in, in terms of like, this can eventually kill you because how many times have we seen people, if not die directly from their crypt? Oh, I lose to mana crypt all the time. Yeah, exactly. I have too. Because of the random, it's effectively like what one and a half damage per turn. I've never won a crypt flip in my life, not one time. Oh well, yeah, you should be better at magic. <laughs> I I recently submitted to the Guinness Book of World Records <laughs> for worst most m- yeah m- uh, most consecutive crypt flip losses. Oh my god, that's so much damage too. Three damage off of it is huge. It feels like a gut punch every time. So you lose. what is uh, mana crypt? Recently, not in the most recent point change, but in the right the point change before that. Right, it, they added a point to it because it was four. Yeah. Now it's five. Mm-hmm. Um, what's playing Mana Crypt right now? Okay, so the card, the decks that are playing Mana Crypt often are one generally generally one color decks that want to hit, like we talked about, the that critical mass of mana and really muscle out cards from their hand. So yep. Death and Taxes is one of those. Okay. Um, medium decks, medium red, medium green, in some yep. cases like medium white decks. I don't think we've seen a lot of medium blue or... But I, I think that any of those medium decks, including medium black, which is sort of an underplayed deck right now. I love medium black. It's so good. Mono black, like big black. I was, I think, the second or third deck that I built when we when we started playing Canadian Highlander. It's so good. It's hyper-efficient. It's aggressive. And it can kill your opponent so fast. If you ever hard cast a grizzle brand off of, like, dark <laughs> rituals... I didn't have Gristlebrand in my deck, oh. but I, I have actually cast a Gristlebrand off of Dark oh, Rituals. <laughs> so I think these are the decks that could much better utilize these punches of mana. Yeah. And <clears throat> yeah, we've talked about uh, uh, Fair Lotus, right? 
No, and that's that's what this kind of is, right? It's a it's yeah. a fair lotus. So um, these decks that are playing Mana Crypt right now, like Death and Taxes. Let's let's talk about Death and Taxes. So okay. Death and yeah. Death and Taxes, um, it has you know their curve is basically like one to three. They play a lot of creatures on curve, and some of them have like taxing effects. Some of them make your life a little bit difficult. Other ones have like utility where you can like sacrifice it or tap it to do something. Mm-hmm. And and then they play like equipment and removal, right? That's right. That's what these decks are. And then a lot of the times they use their lands to to like interact with you even more. Rishon and Port Wasteland, yeah, uh, you know stuff like that. So they're using a a mana crypt in a lot of cases mm-hmm. to to muscle out three drops on turn one. Right. Do you know what you can do with a black lotus? Uh, is it a four drop on turn one? You can. You can do a yeah. four drop on turn one, or you can do a one drop and a three drop on turn one. Two twos? You can do two two drops on turn one. And and I would say that the 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 best use of this would be the point spread of Moxin on color Mox plus Lotus. Plus Black Lotus, yes. And you yeah. can do then you can do a three drop and a two drop on turn one. Right. And and on top of that, and this is sort of an additional kind of benefit of having Black Lotus in the deck, is with very little deck building uh, changes, you can add loops. You could, in sure. a mono-white deck, just oopsie-daisy out in Oriok Salvagers. I don't and, know if I like Oriok Salvagers making infinite mana and death and taxes, but you could do that if you wanted to. I don't even know, know that we need to make infinite. I just think maybe we need to make a lot. Sure. Because sometimes Death and Taxes has ways to utilize a lot of mana. Um, Luris of the Dream Den is pretty good with a Black Lotus. Yes, exactly. I would play. I would play Luris in Death and Taxes. Yeah. So this that's exactly the kind of situation I'm talking about, right? Good card gets even better with Black Lotus. Most of the point spreads uh, for these decks right now are Mana Crypt on Color Moxin Umazawa's Jite. Yeah. Uh, yes. With the exception of uh, Red Deck, which is Mana Crypt, Mana Crypt, On Color Moxin, Price of Progress, plus one. I think Mana, or the the Mana Vault. Mana Vault. That makes sense. Yeah. I've seen some of them with Soul Ring spreads in there, so it's like Crypt Ring, uh, Crypt Ring, Pro- Price of Progress. Price of Progress. Yeah. But I don't. I don't necessarily know if that's correct. It their deck tends to be pretty pit. Yeah, it's it's a little bit different than the, than the green and the white ones because the right. the mono green and the mono white decks are uh, crypt jit mox. Correct. Yeah, and I don't necessarily believe that that's. Oh, so you're wrong, losing. You're losing Umazawa's Jite. No, I'm here to tell correct. you that losing Umazawa's Jite is not bad. No, like there's so many times where. Um, I see a deck that has a piece of equipment in its hand or on the battlefield, and the equipment is just doing absolutely nothing. How much does GTA cost to cast at equip? Four total mana. Four total mana. Yeah. If and and if we're talking about how much it does, I think it does a lot. It does do a lot. It is totally worth the two points. All that I'm saying is is that like not only do you get to free up a spot in your deck mm-hmm. where you can stick another threat. But you also have way more explosive mana potential. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And and just being able to high roll that even is way better than any potential loss 
in the removal of a Jitae. Because oftentimes, especially with these medium green decks, you don't really care what they're doing with their creatures, right? Like, no. your removal suite is so limited that you oftentimes just outclass them on basically every level. So the, the third thing I wanted to talk about was decks that could play it. Um, maybe they don't have to, but they should consider it. And these are decks that sort of uh, don't have a lot else going on with their points. Um, these are things where, and this has come up a lot, where people will, will come to me and they'll go, hey, I have, the, you know, especially decks like Goblins, creature-based oh, strategies. Oh, okay. Um, where they're they're very low to the ground. Um, and maybe they don't necessarily need all the resources that can be supplied by a, a Black Lotus. Right. But the high roll potential is really what I'm getting at. Um, so when we talk about like, uh, the group, the girl monsters deck, um, a lot of times that's playing mox mox and then four points like soul ring or soul ring. Yeah. Um, I feel like that deck could capitalize better on the high roll potential of a Lotus. Uh, yeah, I agree. I mean, so goblins, for example, Mm -hmm. um, it, it is generally speaking this, this go wide creature deck, Mm-hmm. So they have they have creatures all over the curve, lots of ones, mm-hmm. lots of twos, and several fours. Yes. And the idea is to play some number of these one these one mana guys mm-hmm. and then play one of these two threes or fours that yeah. either give your team haste or make you additional goblins. Like they just go very yeah. wide very quickly. And I think that Siege Gang Commander. I think that Cradle Hoof is another deck that does a very oh, similar yes. thing that yep. could probably benefit from like Lotus. Here's three mana dorks on turn one. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Cause they don't need the continuance of that. All they need is the one big push yep. and then they got it from there. It's basically a jump start, right? Right. Like you're, you're, you're starting up the car yep. and you're, you're jumping to third gear. Yep. So Lotus, um, natural order. Those are your points. Bingo. Like that sounds amazing to me. And or and, like, and in goblins, Lotus Mox Ruby. Yeah, or Lotus. Like even if you don't don't want to do the Mox, you could do Lotus Price of Progress GTA. Like that's sure. totally fine to me too. Um, but just being able to muscle out because when we think goblins, we're always like, okay, it's one and two creatures. No, no, no. They have four drops. They have three drops that are incredibly powerful. The, yeah, the the one the, the one and two drops. Those are like they'll chip in. They'll be like, here, I'll mm-hmm. one you. Here, uh, here's three damage. And mm-hmm. then the real problems start when they start playing four drops. Yes. And now they have haste. Yes. Krinko suddenly makes six more one one goblins a turn, and it gets out of control very quickly. Or or the rabble master effects. Those right. are all three mana. Yes. Like that's. Those are insane cards. Yes. People not in Goblins play those cards. Rabble Master on turn one? I mean, they already have draws where they're like uh, Lotus Petal, Ancient Tomb, Goblin Rabble Master. Yes. Or that Exile Simeon or Exile Simeon Spirit Guide, uh, Ancient Tomb, mm-hmm. Krinko. Yes. And that's totally reasonable plays. But what if more of those? <laughs> Yeah. And I think a lot of those decks sort of just spread out their points because they don't know what else to do with them. They'll go like... Well, part of the way that you can beat those kinds of decks is you beat them on the board. 
So mm-hmm. they can only play one card a turn a lot of the times. Yes. They play a mountain and then they play a goblin. And if you can kill that goblin, then they have to start over again. Yeah. So if all of the sudden uh, they get to put three or more goblins into play in the same turn, the rules of this engagement have changed. It takes way more resources to deal with that. And, and you're going to die in the meantime. Right. We've seen people, like, you and I have played against Sean pretty regularly. He's our goblin player locally. And even without that punch, he gets, like, he kills folks dead real oh, quick. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Now imagine if he just boosted that, that the high roll was even higher. Right. I don't know that his deck really needs the sprit mine GTA or needs, like, it feels like a lot of times these decks sort of dump their points and things that they could see as useful or toolbox cards. Yes. They make it's, it goes back to when we were talking about, um, uh, mystical tutor Mm. in, in, in the episode about the points changes and how people, people will make an excuse to play a card. Right. Like they'll, they'll they'll either add cards to their deck to make that card work, or mm -hmm. they'll work out lines of play in their head uh, about what makes what makes that card good in their deck, and yeah, I mean, I'm not saying that it's wrong to do that, but maybe you're trying too hard. Yeah, don't overthink it. Right, play Black Lotus. Absolutely, <laughs> play a Black play, Lotus. Play just a, play just, Black Lotus. just once. Just try it. You you might not ever look back. Yeah, you you're probably <laughs> try give it a try. The first taste is free. <laughs> uh, anything else you wanted to add? No. Uh, nope. I think we are done. Yeah. Come and see me if you want to borrow one. Uh, I will gladly put it in your deck, and I will continue to try to talk people into playing it. Can you can... Joe, Joe, this is for you. You can borrow my Lotus whenever you want. Yeah. Get in there, sir. <laughs> Uh, thanks everybody for listening to the Magic Dads podcast. And we just want to remind you that we're proud proud of of you.